0: Tandem Nomads, episode 218. It's important to be on top of your money so you can have the confidence and clarity and freedom
1: to do whatever you want. Hello nomad nation! Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host Emel Deregi, and today's episode is an episode that I've been wanting to do since a long time, talking about money and talking about your financial security and your safety net. So. Nomad Nation, just tell me a second here. Is this you? You know that you need to get your financial shit together. There's no other word than that, but you are kind of closing your eyes or you keep postponing the time to sit down, especially if you have a partner, to sit down with your partner and make a plan. Is that you? So, I know that personal finance can feel scary and frustrating, especially when starting a business and not having consistent revenue. So, for that reason, I brought to you an expert in the matter, Julie. Julie, who's going to share with you some of her great financial tips uh, on how to take control of your money to chase your dreams. So, Julie, are you ready for this ride? Oh, so ready, so ready, Amel. So happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. And nomination, just a few words about Julie. So, Julie Dusak is an accredited financial coach and the founder of Fund Your Joy. She helps women increase their financial know how, align their money and their priorities, and make sense of how they deal with money. After spending over 15 years of her career in the private and public sector, she quit her career to move abroad with her husband. And that's when her career. As a financial coach was born with her burning desire to help women feel confident, empowered, and generally badass. I love that badass. <laughs> <laughs> we all deserve to feel badass. I love that. Oh God, I was just nomination looking at Julie's website. I was saying how much I love the language that she uses. So we might be using a lot of tough language today because I think it's important to bring this out, this passion out and the importance of making money a priority. So let's talk about that, Julie. Before we go into this topic, I'd love to know a little bit about your story first. Could you tell us, because you have a very interesting story as well. First of all, how you got to start this business, and where did this passion for money come to your life?
0: Well, this started, well, I mean, really, to be honest, it started by being a huge dork and reading books about money. And (laughs) that's I'll admit it. I I do like to read personal finance books, Um, but it started the first time that we moved away from what was quote our home and what had been our home for for a long, long time, um, where I wasn't technically an expat, but I experienced all of the same shocks and lack of support that that most expats do. I moved to Hawaii from the Washington DC area. So culture shock for sure. But I was kind of left with wondering what I was going to do, and I was fortunate enough to get involved in a volunteer group that provided financial coaching on the military base. And so that was where I just really fell in love with the direct impact that I could make on people's lives. And it's always been a passion for me to just make sure that I've educated myself and that I have the confidence that I need with my money because I know how vulnerable that someone can be when, you know, even in the best of times, you need to know what's going on. And then when the worst of times comes, it's really important to to have your money all where it needs to be.
1: Yeah, that's really, really important. And I, can you tell us a bit more about this passion? Like, why are you so passionate about helping women uh, specifically with, with their finances?
0: So I it really comes, I think, at the root of a lot of the problems that we have in society in general. I think a lot of it can be addressed by having more empowerment. More people feel that they have control over their own future, their control over their own situation. And women are the biggest driver of economies all over the world that we make huge uh, household decisions we make buying decisions we have income we are running businesses we are running families that women are driving this and women tend to get left behind in a lot of in a lot of decisions and I think that it's when we can make when we can make our choices from a position of power the choices that we get to make are so much better and I just like as a woman, and you know, being a being a daughter, and then having female friends, like I see the vulnerability that um, that is out there for us if we're not careful. And it's um, and, so, and the more I've worked with with women on this, that it's I just see that like generations can change when 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 the female of the household can take control and be confident with your money.
1: That's so important. Definitely. And you and I were talking before we recorded this episode, and I wanted to share with you this Nomad Nation that I know that I'm very sensitive to this topic of financial independence for women for the simple reason that what actually got me to start Tandem Nomads was to see so many amazing women who give up their careers who give up their oh. their sense of purpose and their financial dependence and independence to move abroad and then something happens and then suddenly they end up with nothing and I think even if we don't earn money and we'll talk about it it is important to be empowered financially uh, in the relationship in the household um, to make sure that we build a safety net even if we're not working somehow and if we're working even more obviously but um, and that's something that I want to discuss because I think women are doing way too much for the society and taking for granted and we're taking ourselves for granted as well but not taking our money seriously as well. So I think that's that's important um, So can you tell us a little bit what do you mean by, having our shit together, our financial shit together. What is it? What does it mean to build a safety net?
0: Well, it's, you know, there's a lot that can go into it, but I worked to sort of shrink it into some easily digestible areas so we can kind of think about it in a little bit simpler terms. And so to me that it's having financial security and freedom of choice for you now, and for your future self, and that's a lot of us don't think so much about our future self. Mm-hmm. So it is important that we make sure that that she stays in the picture as well. Um, that it's you know, if we always say if it's if it's hard now, imagine when you don't have any income coming in. Imagine how hard life would be. So I kind of look at it on I said on a spectrum, uh, present and future and then the security and freedom. and so it's things like your for your present security it's knowing the financial nuts and bolts of of your money and then taking care of your future security and being able to absorb financial shocks hmm. as they come and then dealing also with your future self is your goals and making sure that you're you know working to pay off debt and then having a clear idea about your goals so you're working towards someplace. So you're not just saving this big lump of cash and you don't even know what it's for. And then it never really gets a good, a good job, and you don't get to enjoy it. And then that really ends up with our freedom, the like the present freedom, but it's also our future freedom as well. And that's really it's just being able to make the choices that will make you happy and be able to enjoy your life that and be able to take advantage of the opportunities that we get presented to
1: us, it's just being able to make good choices. That's so important. Definitely making good choices, being clear about our goals. I think when we work on our financial goals, we also get to to sit down and think about our life goals. Yeah. And that's what I realized when you look at, when you work on your financial goals, you have to have that conversation. Okay, what do I want from this life? And what job do I want to give to the? I love when you say giving a job to that money, because if we don't give a job to our money, well, our money doesn't do anything for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we don't know when, we don't know when we're supposed to use it. That it's, we
0: might use it for something we didn't mean to fund or we won't use it for something that we really, I wanted to be able to spend money on that. And I have money for that, but I didn't spend it, you know, because we didn't explicitly say that's what that's for.
1: Yeah. And we want yeah. to avoid when tough times can come that we don't actually have the money to, to take care of the situation, right? Speaking of which, I would like to like share real life stories if you could give us examples of, okay, what are the consequences of when we don't have our financial shit together? Could you give us like examples that you've seen or you experienced about like how important is this and how does it implicate real life situations?
0: So, yeah, so it can go, I mean, it's all over the place. It could be, um, you know, if you don't know, like if you don't know, for example, what financial tools are available to you, if you don't know what um, investment options you might have at your employer or something else, you could really just be leaving money on the table. It's going to be something like that. And then obviously, if you're not utilizing the tools, you might be jeopardizing, again, your future self-security, um, but it's also if you don't have a safety net built in, then when emergency does strike you that's where you're you're making some really uncomfortable decisions you're having to say okay well maybe i'll take some money out of my retirement fund to live on for a little bit because we had a a dip in the in the paychecks and that's you know that's when your future self goes
1: don't do that
0: (laughs) you know so um it can be damaging you know again to to your future self
1: yeah, You're I awesome. wanna, yeah, I would like to have like, I can share a real story. Like I think people relate to real life stories. Um, and I can tell you one that has touched me a lot. And this is why I, I really wanted to have you here um, to talk about this, because it's a tough topic sometimes, uh, especially for expat partners who are a lot of the majority of the listeners of this podcast. Um, I have, for example, an example of a friend who was an expat partner happily married and you would think that everything is fine and they're beautiful two children and then unfortunately the husband dies suddenly Mm -hmm. and and then she realizes that everything is crumbling that she can't even keep her house She has to find a job. She has to, um, like, financially, she was in limbo for two years trying Mm -hmm. to scrap the situation. Although they had a very good life financially, once he passed away, they realized that the finances were not were not clean. There were a lot of legal aspects that were also in terms of legal aspects as well, um, that come in. and she I saw my best friend suffer every single day. Now she's doing much better there and she managed to get out of this limbo and so happy for her. But it was so painful to see how we can go from so happy, not not realizing that actually, there are, if we don't sit down and look at our money together as a partner, as a partnership, as a family, if something happens, these are the kind of problems that can happen. So I think this is important to make people realize how important it is to have that conversation and sit down and look at it. Um, so that's why I wanted to see with you. What are the key things you think we have to, when we sit down and look at those aspects, what are the key elements as a financial advisor you would invite um? women especially to look at but in general also couples to sit down and look at
0: to to make sure yeah yeah Yeah. that it's you know it's really just important that you know even if you're single or you're married or you're in any way anywhere on that spectrum that it's really it's getting informed about your situation that it's you have to know what's going on and that for a lot of people is the first scary step that they're like no 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 I'm sure it's fine you know we get we make do, we pay for everything we need. So I'm sure it's fine. Um, And then I think a lot of times, some of us have that little bit of lingering in us where we're like, maybe we know it's not so fine, but we don't want to admit it. Hmm. So we stick our head in the, in the sand. So the first it's really, it's just making sure that we know about our money situation. And then if you are in a partnership of any kind, it's, making sure that you talk about those things, that you both, that you both are aware and you both know that you are aware so that there's nothing hidden. And it's just becomes a regular part of, of how's it going? You know, maybe every month we just have a sit down and talk about our money or at least, okay, are we good? Are we good? Is there anything I need to know? What about this? Maybe ask a few questions and then you can move on. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out discussion or argument it's it's just a fact-finding mission
1: interesting yeah so you have you have a great um sort of mapping that you've designed a kind of assessment and we'll share in the show notes of this episode nomad nation go to tandemnomads.com slash 218 and you'll you'll be able to download it there so can you explain us that like those key factors that you help people assess you know how they're doing with their money
0: yeah, so as you can kind of check it off and to know, so first we'll start with, like I mentioned, the financial nuts and bolts. And the first piece of that is knowing how your money comes and goes. That, you know, we're going to start small. We're going to, you know, it's a, it's a, you can look at a paycheck, you can see that coming in. That's pretty easy. Uh, then figuring out where it's going. Some people like to track it using an app, but even if that's still too much, that most of us are spending our money either through credit cards or through a debit card or through our bank, and they do they do a great job in in letting us know where our money is is going. If you want to know, they'll tell you. It's right there on your you know in your online banking. So it's first knowing where um, you know how it's coming and going, and then when you have that, then you can build your plan for your money. Some people call it a budget, but I feel like that has just like a budget is just a piece of paper or something that we just, okay, we did that and then we're done. But when you call it a spending plan, it actually starts to turn it around and be like, this is what I'm going to do with, with my money. So it's having a plan for, for everything that we, like I said, have coming in and needs to go out. The next step is kind of a biggie it's having a healthy relationship with your money. Mm-hmm this is where a lot of the mindset stuff that we hear about comes in. And, uh, you know, sort of in a nutshell, it's all the stuff that we bring in, it's all the baggage. I mean, it's like any other relationship, right? That in any relationship we're in, we bring the baggage, the stuff that we learned as kids from our parents, from movies. I mean, it's the parallels are eerily similar, really, that we learn all these things. And so it's, Getting an understanding of why you do what you do with your money, and then deciding, am I okay with that? And then if you're not, it's taking you know doing a little bit of the the legwork to uh, to figure out a way through and putting processes in place that help you override some of your uh, your long-term habits that maybe you want to get rid of. And lastly, it's another biggie, and that's having basic financial knowledge. Not a sexy one. I like, it's not, <laughs> but it's so key. And it's mostly, it's, And we talked about before, it's having uh, a knowledge of the tools that you have available to you. You don't have to understand all the ins and outs of everything. It's just knowing what's available to you and deciding whether or not you want to learn more about it.
1: What are the things where you recommend to go to get educated actually on, on basic, simple financial literacy? So I think it it depends on,
0: I guess, yeah, the level that you want to go. There's great books out there and there's books that are directed towards every single genre of, you know, are you single woman? Are you a mom? Are you a married couple? Are you a newly married couple? Are you a millennial? There's ways that they're talking to, you know, to you. And I think there's just such a great variety of books out there that are, customized towards each one. And there's once, you know, there's for beginners, there's more expert, there's so much information out there. And I will be honest, Mel, for most people who have a not great situation in their money, or don't feel great about it, or don't feel like they really have it together. It's not for a lack of knowing where information is. I mean, there's There's information. I mean, we are overloaded with information. Mm. Um, And so it's just getting that little bit, like it's knowing, it's understanding, you know, like the benefits that you have from an employer. So that's a good place to start is what benefits do I have from an employer? And then another big piece of it is understanding your money team, that as we start to have some money, it's wise at some point, maybe for us to have people that are supporting us, either it's you know, financial advisors who are investment professionals or accountants, and it's understanding how those people get paid. You know, not very <laughs> exciting, but what this does is it's building a wall to protect us from being taken advantage of. It's helping us not be vulnerable. So when you understand how somebody makes money off of you, then you can understand where their loyalties lie. And there's not to say there's anything wrong with any different way of doing it. It's just, you just have to know, is this person paid by the hour, a set chunk of time? Are they paid a commission on something? Just so you can feel like when they say something, you know, a little bit why they're saying that. And so it's just being able to kind of protect yourself, um, you know, and it's having information and a little bit of knowledge about, your risk tolerance when you start investing and the basic asset allocations. Again, it's just it doesn't sound very exciting, and it doesn't have to be. It can be just a Google search of what's a you know what's a good um, what's a, what kind of risk tolerance might somebody have in their twenties. I mean, if you Google it and you see out there, you can see things like Money Magazine or the Motley Fool are great, just really I think unbiased resources. That again, it's just keeping us from falling prey to somebody saying, I got this thing I want you to invest in. And then you can say, well, this is what I need to be doing. Does it fall into that? Tell me how it falls, falls into that. And then so it's just kind of the same thing with having a little bit of information about the, like the tax consequences of investments. Again, you don't have to be a tax professional it's just knowing that some things you do with you you do with your investments will have tax consequences mm. and then so then when you kind of know so it's like you just know that it's a thing and then when it comes up when somebody mentions it it's not the first time you've ever heard it
1: yeah so for me yeah. what i take away from that is the importance first of all of educating and doing the research today doctor google can give us so many answers like just starting with google and looking at like What are the information we need? And then at some point in investing in professional help, um, in, in the help of somebody who can guide us, who knows about our type of situation as well. I think that's really important. So you were sharing, um, these, this mapping and this assessment (laughs) mapping. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about it?
0: Um, yeah, so that, that's just kind of our first little box. Mm -hmm. And so then we, we go around and that's when we talk about being able to absorb financial shocks Mm -hmm. and that's where your emergency fund comes in. That's where having, not only having money to, to help you when, you know, like I said, an income dip or a job loss or some other kind of emergency, I take it one step further when I talk about emergency funds It's, you need to have the money, but you also have to have a plan on how you would use that money. Mm -hmm. And during an emergency is not the best time to be making a smart decision about how you're gonna spend money on that emergency or not spend it on it. So it's just really look, you know, it's looking at like, is, you're thinking things through, is it something that is necessary Okay, well, if it's not necessary, nope, doesn't get to go, go into your, come out of your emergency fund. Is it urgent? If it's not urgent, then you can put it off. And is it unexpected? So if it's not unexpected, then by very definition, it's not an emergency. And you probably just need to set aside some money each month to plan to pay for it. So it's being able to, again, it's empowering yourself to just make smart decisions. And then it's also having the appropriate insurance for you. And then as expats, it's understanding country-specific insurance and financial rules. And that's where I have kind of a differentiation where there's your money country and one or more other countries that you might be living in or passported in, whatever it is. But it's understanding your money country is this the country that probably you have most of your money in. It's where maybe you're eligible for the most um, financial opportunities, whether it's the investments. Uh, so it's understanding that. And then if there's anything in in other countries that you're affiliated with, understanding those financial rules. And so again, it's you just have to kind of decide how much you want to know. And then what don't you know? What do you want to know? And then deciding if you're going to go and get some information about it. But like I always say, as long as it that when it comes up, it in real time, maybe that's not the best time to have that be the first time you've heard of it. Okay. So okay. when we move, so we move from our future security. I like to move up to our future freedom, and that's our financial goals, and that's basically just having a clear idea of long and t- short-term goals. And again, you know, I love a plan, so it's <laughs> it's our plan to get there and then that would include actively paying off any debt. Mm-hmm. And then we get to our really the the best freedom that there is. It's freedom now, freedom in the future. It's just being able to make the choices that we want that allow us to enjoy life. Yeah. That's where we really hope to end up.
1: Exactly, for sure. So Nomad Nation, if you want to download this little checklist and mapping uh, that um, Julie has prepared, go to tandemnomads.com slash 218, and you'll be able to go through that little questions and check the list and see how many of those points do you check so that you can have a bit of an assessment as well um, through uh, through this process. So I was wondering, Julie, what, what can we do if we're not the main breadwinner? And we're in a relationship, especially as an expat relationship, um, to create a safety net um, so that if something goes wrong, either through the relationship or, God forbid, for the partner who's working, Mm -hmm. what can we do to make sure that we have a minimum of safety net to to deal with uh, such a situation?
0: Yeah. So, you know, like we talked about, it's having an understanding of what, what is available to you and understanding what the, um, you know, what benefits perhaps, like, is there, what sort of investment for retirement is being, is is money going into in the partners, uh, company or organization, like what is being set aside there. And then it's also, it's, it's understanding again, any local financial rules as they apply to you, knowing that, um, you know, are you left more vulnerable because you are not in your money country? Does that mean something? Does, uh, you know, do the spouses not get something uh, if if they're not?
1: An example, if, the bank account. There are countries where the spouse, has her visa does not allow her or him to have yeah. their own bank account. This is a typical yeah. example.
0: Yeah. And then, that yeah, the money is, or maybe money might be frozen on, on a death where you might have all of your money in those accounts. And then if one partner passes, then there's, then the money gets frozen in in some countries. So uh, it's just, it's being aware of that and then deciding, okay, do we, how do we want to, how do we want to address this? Mm -hmm. And then it's also making sure that, that everything that is possible, and this is this is a touchy subject that some people like to keep money completely separate and some people like everything combined and some people want a mixture of of both but i do think it is important that at least anything that is considered shared money needs to be in both partners names
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that way it becomes infinitely easier to access uh when you know if something were to happen but then it's also being careful that Look at those accounts, be aware of what's in them, because if it's a joint account, that means one person can can suck it dry mm-hmm. in a lot of in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So and it's having your own retirement investments, however possible, in in a country where you understand the financial options. So, for example, in the United States, it is having an individual retirement account that you can have a spousal, even if you don't make any um, income of your own, there can be a spousal IRA. So it's, again, it's just really figuring out what is available to you out there. And there's just, there's a wealth of resources. I mean, there's, you know, in Facebook groups and pages that, that can, you can ask that question and say, okay, what do I need to, I mean, this country or that country, what, what are my options? What do I have? So it's just, it's basically, it's making sure that you kind of know what's out there and that you have the passwords and you have access to, to, to get into accounts and that there's no hidden accounts. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunately, that's, uh, it's all too common that, I mean, like you were saying, I, I, I know a woman who everything was great and her husband went to work off in a, in another country Um, and decided he liked it there better and basically kind of fleeced her and said, well, I'll I'll do this for you. You can have, you can have the house and the mortgage payments, and I will take my retirement fund uh, and I'll see you. So then she was left with great. She had a place to live, but she had a place to pay for and had never worked a day in her life outside of the home. And so she wasn't used to bringing any,
1: Income. So it's just, yeah. yeah, this is a big one. This is honestly a big one. This is why I was really passionate to talk about this. Because it happens way more often than we you think, way more often. And we always like when things are good, we just don't want to talk about these things. What if, is that actually that's the time to talk about it is when things are good. Yes, when you're happy with each other and when it can be a fun
0: discussion. And I always say the first thing when you want to sit down and talk to a partner about money, I, if you have, if you're not really used to talking about this kind of thing, I think money actually doesn't need to be the first topic that you talk about in this discussion. It's shared goals. Mm-hmm. And that's actually fun. That's really happy. That's mm-hmm. what do we want to do? Do we want a life of travel? And, and it's just getting a sense of, so you're kind of see, are you on the same page? And, and what do you want to do? It gets you talking about it because it leads to money. And mm-hmm. eventually it's okay. Well, how are we going to pay for that trip? How are we going to pay for a retirement home. And then at least you come from a place of we're in this together. Mm -hmm. And now if you completely disagree on what you want from your future and you have totally different future goals, I mean, that's
1: a, that's a different kind of coach
0: that, that maybe
1: could help. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And I want to share with you a couple of things that <laughs> you're allowed to tell me for like, no, no, this is so wrong. But I just <laughs> been working on my own financial shit in the past couple of years, because I realized, oh my God, I'm so far away from what I want to be in terms of financial security and uh in my husband and i have been spending the past years having these conversations every year sitting down and by the way i think this conversation is not a one-time conversation right it's yeah. something that you want to revisit resit together on a regular basis. and there's a couple of things that i've learned that i want to share and then I'll, i want to see how how that resonates for you as a professional but the first <laughs> thing was what you talked about was like what happens if something happens to the partner what's going to happen to our money together because we are in a base of shared accounts. So whatever I earn, whatever he earns, we bring it together. Um, We have this profit first concept still. I have the profit. Actually, I'm going to put the show notes page of this episode, a book that's called Profit First. So that's basically an amazing book for solo entrepreneurs to manage your money. I highly recommend it. I think Julie, you also. Yeah, uh, I I follow. I kind of tweak it to my own because I don't. Yeah, but it's great. So so I highly recommend to read that book, Nomad Nation. I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. But once you have the system in your business, it's also important to have a system in your relationship and in your household to manage money. So what I realized was that um, there was no guarantee that I actually could access the bank account. The banker could not tell me for sure if something happened to my husband, if I could access that account as his wife without, without a jurisdictional system, you know, where you get an authorization, blah, 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 which could take long. And that's when I realized, oh my God, as much as I wanted to have it all in one banking system where we share everything, I realized I need to create an account for myself so that if something happens, there's an account that nobody can touch if something happens to him. We have inheritance issues and, and other things. So I just want to share practical, I know it's very private, but sharing practical examples to make that realize like, oh my God, I need to open an account so that if something happens, same for retirement, obviously as an solo entrepreneur, we don't get paid retirement by our employer, So it's so important to think of what system we have um, for retirement. And the final one is how can we create passive income as a couple like investment in real estate how do we manage that who gets you know who gets the ownership these are all things to think about for the long term that are examples um is there anything that in what I shared like you said oh be careful that or or maybe there's also other options on top that you can think of small little examples of ways to really plan our financial security yeah
0: no I think you've got you know it's it's interesting that you were saying that you thought you might have difficulty accessing the funds. Um, obviously it's going to, it's going to vary, you know, obviously a joint bank account in like, so I do us banking. And so a joint bank account in the U S both my husband and I could go in today individually and both of us could take every cent out of that.
1: That is that is the uh, which has the, its pros and cons. Obviously. Yes.
0: Yeah, that is. Um, and that's again where it's, you know, it's 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 trust. It's yeah. it's you, you know, you need to trust each other. And so, yeah, I mean, that happens. That yeah. happens when you, know, you go to oops, you try to use your debit card and turns out oh, maybe one partner was yeah. Took a little bit more out than they expected, so it's going to vary, and that's why I was saying it's really important to understand wherever you are in the world, what the um, what the banking situation is. So I'm currently in Abu Dhabi, and in this in the UAE, uh, it is becoming it is becoming a little different than it had been in the past, but it is harder. We'll just say it's harder as a woman to um, to be recognized as as a equal person in, in banking and professional. And so, uh, yeah, so technically I'm not eligible for, uh, to open a bank account, which means I can't have a credit card here, which runs into all sorts of fun troubles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but, uh, you know, it's even fun things like, Oh, that's really nice that my husband gets the text message when I get a speeding ticket. That's always <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's why it's really important to know and what I would say the only thing that I would think in that situation that I would want you to do is keep pushing
1: mm-hmm.
0: get exactly. get the answer get the right answer and know for every bit where your money is so like for like you were mentioning yeah inheritance issues that my husband and I have for the most part we do everything is everything that can be joint is joint except we have, little savings accounts for fun money because that's one thing I always say. If you can eliminate some arguments over why did you buy that big toy of whatever it is that you want to play with? If you can eliminate arguments over money, try to knock them out wherever you can because there's plenty of arguments left over to have on other things. <laughs> so uh, so we have separate separate play money, but our checking account, savings account are all, are all joint and then our Investment accounts. We each have individual in our own name, and that's why i was saying it's very important to have a retirement account in your own name because that is always yours. That uh, you know, no that you can't have that. yeah, no matter what happens, that is mm-hmm. that is yours. You may be the beneficiary of of somebody else's uh, account, but it's you don't want to have to count on them passing in order to get that retirement money. Um, you know, we have separate, separate investments, um, joint investments. It's just basically, it's trying to figure out like how to protect. And I've been very fortunate that my husband is, he understands my need for security with money. Um, like I was saying, you know, my, my father passed away when I was a teenager and I, thankfully our family was protected, but I saw how vulnerable that can make somebody. And so my husband does understand how, like i need to have a, a that safety blanket that safety net that i'm not going anywhere i don't think he's going anywhere but i can't be comfortable until i until i know that and and that's going to be different in every marriage and you just have to be able to talk about that and say i'm not comfortable enough and, you know it's the same way like i need more blankets. It's it's you don't if you're cold at night you get more blankets and you ask them I need you to share more blanket with me and this is just a bigger iteration of
1: that. Yeah, this is so good, so important. So, final word here. What is the biggest like mistakes that you see people do when it's about their financials?
0: Yeah, I think honestly, it's it's not. Something like point to something specific and say that oh, this is a f- particular money mistake, but it is, I think it's what most people aren't doing is they aren't taking the time to figure out what is right for them. Mm-hmm. And that comes under anything where it's, it's what, you know, what tools, what, it, what, um, set between spouses or partners, what it's just decided they're not really paying attention to what's right for them. They're just maybe going with what their friend did or what somebody said, Oh, you should, you should just do this. Mm -hmm. if if somebody doesn't know every little thing about your life, don't let them tell you what you should do, Mm -hmm. that it's, you have, they can say, well, you could do this. This is an option, but make sure that you really do know what's right for you.
1: Yeah yeah i love that yeah i'm just gonna make a quick note it's not i don't want to spend too much time on this you mentioned play money and i love that you said that importance (laughs) of putting money aside just like the profit first for the business is profit play fun first for the (laughs) for the life it's like the concept of distributing the money every month in different accounts or different places so that they have a job each each uh Like distribution have a job and you can actually put money aside for fun things, for travels, for credits, for mortgages and other things on top of the day-to-day expenses. Um, What I think I started to make a big difference with me was also to start making money aside for my own personal development as well, and developing my business, like hiring coaches, getting online courses, these are as well th- something. When we do it, suddenly the question when it comes to you want to invest is not such a burden. Somehow, I don't know if you see what I mean here. Is it? Yeah, different? and that's
0: why I think the the profit first notion. And I have different. I tweaked it. I went with. I like this concept, but. I wanted different it work percentages for that, yeah. and different things. And like the thing is, that's it doesn't matter. But the fact that it's percentage-based, it's based on what you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. And so it's giving yourself permission because it'll say, okay, well, let's say 10% of everything that I come in goes towards personal development or hiring support or something. And you could look and say, well, do I have the money for this? No, but I really want it. What will it take? Okay, well, it's going to take this kind of sales, it's going to take three months of this kind of sales, then that would bring in where I could then have 10% of that and put it towards, put it towards this development. And so it gives you, it gives you permission. That's what I think sometimes when we have enough money uh, to survive on, then it becomes a matter of sometimes maybe we're not giving ourselves permission to spend on certain things. And so if you earmark it for that, Like I remember I had, we had earmarked money so we could go down and get frozen yogurt. When we were living in Hawaii and we were, it was our first time on one paycheck. And I was worried. I said, I don't want to take money out of our going out to eat or our grocery budget. But it was the one simple pleasure that we could have. We could walk out of our house and go get ice cream. And I, I knew that my tendencies were to hold tight. And not allow that little simple bit of joy. And so it was just, again, it was finding that freedom to be able to go out and have the things that we can enjoy. It's finding ways to do that.
1: And I love how you bring everything to joy. And that's actually the name of your company, which is, uh, could you, yeah, it's... Fund, (laughs) Fund Your Joy. Fund Your Joy, exactly. And I love that you show how it is important to suddenly take control of our finances are realizing that it can't be fun. It can't be fun. If we see all the opportunities it opens up to actually make the best of our lives. So I love that. And could you tell us, how do you help your clients do that? So
0: a lot of people need help with, like I said, those basics, the, I just, I'm losing control of my money. I don't know where it's going, or I don't know how to uh, save spend enough. So, it's, I work one on one. I do one on one coaching, and I actually have a one off session that I can do. Everybody starts with a one off session because it's really great. It's a really easy way for people to sort of dip their toe into getting help if they aren't really sure what it what it's about. But it's nice because sometimes you can bring one problem, we can and we can address one problem, and then you can go happily about your way. But for those who want more support, we can run through the whole. I have long programs of what we can do to all the different things And if you really just feel like you don't have, like you don't have something firm to stand on, I bring the bricks and we just start to fill them in. It's even to the level of details. We'll, we'll go through and we'll, we'll make a list of all the passwords that you have, or, or you make the list of your passwords. I don't ever see the passwords, but we'll make a list of passwords and account numbers and everything so it's, it's just feeling like, okay, all right, if something happens, somebody could take care of my money if they need it. It's just checking off all those little things that can nag at you and then taking care of them. And then you can start to look up and go, okay, all right. I can, I can start to see a really cool future because now I'm not worried about all of this. It's really hard to look forward when we're looking right and, and not okay with where we are in the moment.
1: Okay. That's, that's so good. I love it. And so Nomad Nation, if you want to know more about Julie, you should check out her information in the show notes of this episode. Um, actually tell us what's the name of your website so we, or places where you can find you.
0: So Yeah. So my website has information about me and my services and that is fundyourjoy.com. Exactly. And I am also on Instagram and Facebook, both handles as fund your joy. And I really do. And, and I weave joy into so much of what I put out there, because I, it's not all about money, that it's money is just money is a tool to get us where we want to go. And so I like to I want to spread joy. My goal in life is to find joy and experience joy. And I just want other people to be able to do that, too.
1: I love that so much. So, Julie, thank you so, so much for all your great inspiration here and, and insights. Hello. Such an important topic to talk about. And I'm so glad we did this together. Uh, and thanks for your insights. So, Nomad Nation, check out Julie's resources. And as I said, she prepared this great checklist to assess, you know, where you are right now with your financial uh safety and and knowledge and control so go to tandemnomads.com slash 218 and you will find the link right there to download it also i have a bunch of other episodes about complementary topics around finance uh, as well as legal aspects to plan when living this global lifestyle and protect yourself so check out all the resources i'll share with you as well as that book tandemnomads.com slash 218 thank you so much again julie Thank you Amal. Nomad Nation, I hope this was episode will help you take action and take control of your financial for your finances and I look forward to meeting you in the next episode. Stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.